do I need to come over there and tuck my little head under your wing? Uh, now no. we have an opening comment. Yes. We have that. <laughs> okay. Are you ready, sir? Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. And I'm going to have a better sentence to say after that. Oh. Sometime. Well, oh, I thought you had one. <laughs> <laughs> you had me. You noticed I was on the edge of my chair. I was like, he's got one. What is yeah, it? Sometime. I'm just laying the groundwork. <laughs> yeah, you're laying something all right. Laying the groundwork. It's uh, architecture. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. I've got to build the foundation before I build the house. You're leading a nice segue into today's topic, aren't you? I am. So, so like a series of micro steps? Sure. <laughs> so our topic today that Bob's poorly segueing into is microservices. Micro. And what they are and what they mean to continuous integration, continuous deployment, all those types of things. Cool. Um, so and metacasters, I don't have a clue. Oh, that was my. So, so I don't. Have, I was going to ask you to explain it. I have not a clue. I I, I have no problem uh, clarifying my ignorance on certain topics. So I am absolutely ignorant. I mean, I am slightly aware, like we were saying before the metacast, of service orientation and services. But stop, and then microservices, I haven't a clue. So I'm only going to claim slightly more knowledge than you. No, I have clients. Yeah. Who, you know, and, and what I hear when they're talking is like blah, 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 blah. But they talk about microservices. They talk about them in continuous integration, continuous deployment contexts. And then they sort of use them, they almost use them as the defense mechanism, like it's okay to be complex hmm. or it's okay to cross sprints. Hmm. Or it's. That doesn't sound right. I don't know. But the, yeah. so it's. It's not all good behavior around microservices. It's all sort right. of they they use it as a spokesman, and since I don't know anything about that's a nice them, crutch. I just buy yeah. it. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's yeah. that's a good reason to do whatever you're doing. All right, well, I'll talk you through our approach here at the Dude. Things we've learned, and we're actually looking to get more micro with our microservices. I thinking about this talk last night. I was um, trying to explain to myself where we are in comparison to microservices. I think we're more like mini services. Okay. To get towards micro, so we're not as micro as well, we. You're need a big to be. guy. I mean, you're so. I would think that it would be hard to go micro. Yeah. Overnight. So one of the things you talked about before is service-oriented architecture, and how does this differ? Well, my dear friend Brent, who's right across the hall, Mister PhD, always likes to throw out that they're really not that different. Okay. So if you know SOA, service-oriented architecture, it's very similar. The key difference is that you just break it into smaller pieces. So from our perspective, everything is self-contained and self-describing. That's something I'll talk about in a little while, is that one of the things that we do here at The Dude, not one of the things, but the things that we do here at The Dude is we track work. So we have a work order service. We have a notification service that knows how to send messages. That's all it does. It doesn't know about work orders. It doesn't know about anything else. It just knows this is how I send a message. Right. This is, uh, we have a file storage service. So if I need to save an attachment, I can call the file storage service. If right. I want to run a 
report and save that report, I can call the file storage service. So there's all these isolated tools that it can become more complex that are granular and have one black box piece of functionality and they don't know about the, the, the other the folks. Other stuff. Right. So the micro mini discussion um, came, came about, I was at Atlassian's conference and I sat in on there, they had to talk around the five things you shouldn't do with microservices or the five things you should do. And we have a security service. So if you need to log in, you go. If you need to manage your users, you go there, you do that. And during the talk, the, I forget who it was, 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 uh, and he did a really good job, was talking through the microservices that they have for security. So in what we had as one service, they actually had seven. So they had a user service. They had a login service. They had a registration okay. service. So every discrete thing that you wanted to do was an individual service, individual data store, <clears throat> individual builds, individual deployments, individual everything. So it is self-contained on its own. The one thing that I liked that <clears throat> in the signature of that, so if I were to call to the login service that they had, so login.atlassian.com slash docs or something right, like that, that right. it actually returns some JSON that describes itself and then describes the dependent services that it has. Oh. Which was nice. Okay. So it would say, hey, So when you, you said were, self-describing, I thought it was just the sort of this is who <laughs> I am and how. So it does that a little bit, but it goes even further to say this yeah. is who I'm dependent on. These are the versions that I'm dependent on. No way. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. <clears throat> Keep, yeah. So, so if you've ever <clears throat> done any new JavaScript development, so with Node.js, there's a package dot json file that describes the dependencies in the version so it looks a lot like that for any developers that are out there or your bower.json file that describes the dependencies that are out there and the versions that are needed and all that stuff so their services do that same thing so they say hey if you want to use me these other things have to be up and healthy and running okay I'm, no, no, I'm with you. I'm listening. Yeah. I'm thinking my brain is going to testing. So that's where I'm going next is <clears throat> we we are here at the Dude. I think we're evolving to more micro services approach from the mini approach because we've gone a, a more coarse-grained service. But we are breaking out our tests into smaller suites that can run independently and in parallel to get our feedback faster. So you have a... A what a Mac sort of what did you call them a mini service? Yeah, but your tests are microservice based tests. They are independent. They are driving tests. us towards a more clear definition of what the microservices yeah. could be oh, I got that. to support the mini service okay. that we have. Okay, because our um, builds and tests were getting like twenty minutes. I got it to run all these tests, and they were dependent, and this had to run before that, and this had to run before that, and if one failed, then that failed, and you didn't know if the other ones were good. So typical. CI problems that you had. So we started to segment them out and to get them to run independently. So that's the one thing that I'm pretty excited about is that as as we're learning, really driven by the CI and CD that we have, right. that that's driving further definition of the microservices for, for us. So that sounds cool. Sounds nice. Things can run in parallel, isolated Everything has a version, so every service has a version at that point, right? So you've got all these different versions, which makes everything harder. So what do you release? That's what I'm. 
are, and I'm not trying to divert you, right. but I'm just trying. I'm thinking of all of these like microservices. So, right. But but customers don't get microservices. Customers get software. They get they get a system. They get workflows. Right. So what do you release? So for for us, we just did a release this morning that we're labeling to the world as 1.4.0. But in the release notes, you'll see it's security service 1.3.1, notification service 1.1.0. Maybe the file management service didn't change at all, so we didn't so, so deploy you'll that. Go out, so you'll just take a snapshot and say, what are my stable microservices? Uh, sort of mini services and or microservices today. Mm-hmm. We need to do a release today. It has functionality that we want it that's better than what we just released. Mm-hmm. So you'll take a snapshot of all the services and that becomes I have versions and I have dependencies. Yeah, that's the that's the customer facing release that's done out there. Okay. Do you test that? I mean, do you test do you do you only test the micro let's say you have all microservices, do you only test the microservices? But you test no end to end. No, we and have, it may, and it may be irrelevant. We so, have so tell me I'm stupid. End to end testing for some things, but we do try to minimize that, and we try and have them be as self contained as possible, so that we can individually deploy if we need to and have fewer concerns. So, are there any issues that cross services? Oh yeah, uh, I'm going to just say like yeah. a workflow. Yeah, so like that so com- that's so we're we're, we're across twenty or yeah. tens and tens or or we are adding new functionality as we go like crazy, and we found as we've tried to break these out, there there are dependencies of tests and orders that have to run, and that's really helped us because we've opened our eyes and okay, so that's a really that's a bad test because it didn't clean up well after itself or it was okay. dependent on something else because. We want all those tests to be able to run and not be dependent and clean up and not leave a mess and do everything so it's in a healthy state and do it as quickly as possible. So now we're at the point where the management of the microservices is is that next challenge. So at the Atlassian talk, um, they said they were up to over 300 microservices. So you've got a challenge of discovery. Like how do I know that there's a service out there that I can consume that so I don't build it again. Right. How do you how do you manage that? How do you manage just just the builds and right. everything that goes along with that? Manage the dependencies. So the self self describing feature I think is key right. to maybe that that um, triggers other builds that as I as I add code to a service that's dependent on these other things then I know I need to test those, or I can go out and find any service that is dependent on me and then build and test against that. Okay. So that's probably the recursion that you'd have to do right. is who is dependent on me, and you can go and query them all and probably query them all in you know, a second and then know, okay, I've changed this, and these 25 things are dependent on it, so now go run those tests. So from an Agile perspective, and not just Agile, but just from a Metacast Agile perspective, what are, what are the advantages of microservices, like going from SOA to micro, down that, that path to microservices, like one advantage might be, you know, sort of finely grained testing or uh, automation. I'm just throwing it yeah. out there. What what do you see as the, pr- you so, know, like what's the why behind it? Yeah, why the, do the, it? The big things for us are getting the localized feedback as fast as possible. And we aren't there yet, right? I'm not claiming victory on this yet because we're evolving in so this So microservice direction. feedback, but also all that cross-dependency feedback. Right. And and, and, and back to something that you talked about at Terry a lot of, of the risk-based testing. Now things describe themselves. 
So you know the risk whenever the change is made, so you can automatically test the things that are dependent and it's self-described and it just does it for you. Right. So you automate that. Okay. So it's so it's automated dynamic risk-based testing. Right. Based on change. Again, it sounds... One of the other things is, is scale. Okay. So um, one of my uh, techno crushes um, is Couchbase. And Couchbase is a non-relational, no-sequel data store that's out there. Oh, I thought you were talking about my chair at home or something like (laughs) that. Um, No. So it's a database, essentially. Yep. Um, But what they've done is they've gone a mini-service approach, not full micro, but when you stand up a node, you can say, this is a query node, or this is an index node. Okay. And then you can scale those independently. Okay. All right. So if you have big indexes and you're struggling with that, you can scale index nodes out there, but maybe you'll need like three query nodes. Right. So the same thing would be true, true for us. So if, if, um, we end up with a partnership that does a lot of attachments. So we partner with, uh, I don't know, somebody massive and, um, they want to attach 50 images to every work order and they create 10,000 work orders a day. We can scale the file storage service as much as we want. And that's super simple and that's easy. We don't have to scale everything. We don't have to stand up big instances. We don't have to do all these things. And maybe, maybe the data store for storing metadata about an image is different than the data store that we want to use for work orders. So we can have independent stores, independent tools, independent everything that's most appropriate for that need as opposed to a single tool to rule them all. Yeah. Now, most of them are going to be the same. Yeah. There's no need to do that if you don't have to. You want to stay lean. But maybe a NoSQL instance is the right thing for this service over here because it's whatever. So okay. it empowers you to do that and not have the one tool to rule them all. So that's that database. I mean, all databases are doing that, or, or Couchbase. That's what Couchbase did in 4.0. Okay. In one of their more, that was their big release. I think last year they're on like 4.1 now. But to me, that was exciting to see them from an architectural level go all the way down to that and enable you to scale as needed. And so we're doing the same thing with the services across the platform that's what that I was, we're building. That's what I was thinking as well. Yeah. So, so talk to me like I'm a pointy-headed, clueless, and I am manager. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm your manager, uh, and I'm clueless about technology. Like, again, I'm coming back to why. Why do I care? Because uh, I care about quality. I care about speed. Uh, so is this going to get me improved quality? Is it going to get me improved speed? Is it going to get me imp- happier engineers? Um, maybe maybe it's the sexy thing on the block now, so I'll get some happier. It engineers. is it is a sexy thing, right? So that's that's... It is the new thing that everybody's chasing. Um, to me, it, it, it lines very well with Agile because it enables you to get the right feedback faster. It helps you sort through the noise. So that's one big why. is That's not necessarily a pointy manager plus, but that's a, that's a you plus. That's a, that's a team plus. That's a coaching. That's an organizational plus. Yeah, which I think would lead to better quality. Velocity would be better because you're because you're not spending time waiting for 
10,000 tests to run right. when only 50 tests right. are affected by what you changed. So can, this is attractive in continuous deployment environments as well, right? Right. So from that, like, like continuous risk-based testing mm -hmm. or minimalist testing, so I would get it. So if I was in a Facebook or if I was in a continuous deployment environment, then, then this would almost be a must. Right. Going to smaller services. Okay. Any otherwise? Uh, I think the enablement of um, problem-specific technology choices. I think that's one of those big things. Like, we've actually... I, that sounds really nice. I like the way that sounds. Yeah. Problem-specific, what, technology choices? Technology choice? choices, yeah. To where you're, to where it's not the shiny, right? Like we're not yeah. chasing shinies. Yeah, right? we're not doing no, that. No, I like. But there's, but there are times and there are instances, and we have them here as a SQL shop. So we're a SQL Server shop, but we have found things and we have pointed at them and said, that's really deserves a document data store, not a relational database. Yeah. It's a document data store because that's what we're storing. These are documents. That's, so so you, that's, it allows you to make those decisions, right? Oh, I like that. And and I know I'm talking about the data store, but it doesn't have to be the data store. Right. So maybe Node.js is the appropriate thing yep. to do for this because yep. of yep. whatever. Yep. Right? So it it's the full stack where maybe you peel out a piece for that problem that you have and make the appropriate decision for, for that problem. Now, you don't want to do that willy-nilly and end right. up with 50,000 things, yep. right? Maybe there's three or four that you found are right. So for things that deserve a document data store, we're going with this system. For relational data, we're going with this. But at least you have the choices and it's not, well, we chose Microsoft right. SQL Server, so um, we're going to store XML in the table, yeah. right? Like, that's that's just a bad plan. I'm sure they somebody will listen and argue with me on that. But... Um, <clears throat> You have the choice. You have the capability to make that happen, and you can deploy it however you want. Does it change anything with, like, backlog refinement, story writing, product owner defining work? So, have you noticed anything in those areas? Yeah, because it's not one giant backlog. So That's what I was whenever we look at a feature that the product, are, product owners are coming with, um, then our chapters think, okay, this should be a service because we want to do this consistently across the port portfolio. So then what, what happens uh, okay. <clears throat> is yeah. there's a product backlog that's customer-facing. Correct. And then every service has a backlog as well. So every service has its own backlog? Every service has its own backlog. Even, if the, even as you go to microservices, you would break it? Uh, I don't have a good answer for that. Yeah. I can tell you for us right now, every service has a backlog and and squads pull stories from the product backlog and service backlogs into it, just like they do the chapters. So, so the there's dependencies between the stories and the product backlog mm -hmm. and the right. service-related yeah. backlog. Because there are bugs that are specific to that service, or maybe there's a feature out there that okay. this team wants to add, but the product owners don't see it, don't buy it, so it's not in there yet. Yep. But it's but it's prioritized within the backlog for, for that service, and we know the changes we want to make. And then we work through refinement and planning and everything that goes along with that to bring those stories into the backlogs for each squad and say, hey, product owner, we want to do this, and here's why. Said, okay, well, let's pull that into the do backlog. They ever ask, does the, do the product owners ever ask for a service-oriented story? <clears throat> I mean, is that induced? Are, what I'm trying to say is our service decisions always architectural, so always driven from the team. 
and never really driven from the brain of the product owner. They would never request one. The way that we've tried to approach that is um, product owners should come with problems we're trying to solve for, for the user. And what we have worked really hard on <clears throat> and we've gotten a lot better at is not just saying, well, that's a service and trust us. Right. So the pushback I've given to our squads is you have to educate the product owner so they can appropriately prioritize the service work. Because what we started doing pretty early is the product owners felt cornered. Right? That's what I'm... Right. So we've worked really hard within our squads to make sure that we educate the product owner and say, here's why. Here's the business value of why we want to do this. We aren't creating a service just because we want to. Right? We don't want to do that. But to work and ensure that you're defining the business value that this service brings to to the table and the product owner can say yes is we should ev- do it like that is everything a service mostly i mean if i if i brought you a hundred stories there would be no functionality that would be non-service based functionality it would all everything be, would live would in all a be service s- of some sort okay right yeah okay and right now it, it's and it's that decision that you have to make is how micro do you go that's what i'm yeah how 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 granular is it? See, there is a business decision there to some degree, right? Because mm-hmm. it's effort to sort of break. Is that why you're evolving from these sort of these large, you know, large to small potentially? I mean, there's collaboration, I think, be, between the team and the product owner from a cost. Like, how small do you go? Right. Right. Because there's a, I mean, there's there's benefit, but there's also a lot of implementation details. So there's implementation cost, right? Yeah, and and. As a product owner, I see on their faces like, "Oh man, I just want a feature story." Yeah, and it, it's like, and there's work to share it. So right. services are, you know, they're like multi-component. You're looking to share them. You're looking mm-hmm. to get reuse. You're looking to get value out of from a, from a business point right. of view, and you have to sort of make that case to the product owner, right? But the thing that flipped the switch for for us and was a watershed moment was in a sprint review. One of our engineers was walking through and demoing a design for a new service that they were building out and they stepped through here's the initial MVP version to solve the business that we we have today so that's actually one thing I want to talk about <clears throat> um, is here's version one of what we think this is this is what we're going to build and we have vision into what version up to four would be and version four was pulling together services that were built for other needs across the portfolio that we compiled in to solve a business problem. Okay. That we didn't have to build new functionality to make that happen. Right. We just had to connect five different services in the appropriate workflow, and now we solved a business problem. And we didn't have to write more code to make right. that happen. Right. We are now um, bringing a composite view of the stories and those services and now creating new features without having to write new code. So it's a platform approach. That's different. And it takes a while for that to pay off. You've got to get to the right inertia and just weight of all the services that you have to be able to combine those into one offering. That's new. I mean, part of what I'm thinking is, I mean, you have this, we talked about it yesterday. You have this unique, not unique, but a Greenfield opportunity here and Greenfield. And you have trust on your product. You have new product owners 
new systems. So I think you, it may be more opportunistic for you to go in this direction than other yeah. other places that have legacy code bases and things like right. that, right? And legacy product owners. Yeah. Now, the, the one thing that I do want to go back and talk about is <clears throat> every service is an MVP. So we only build, like, we have a vision of what each service can be, but we're only building enough of that service to support the business case that's needed. So that's why the backlogs are so important for each service. So that way you can build out the evolution that when we want to do X, Y, and Z, we know we have to extend this service to do this and this service to do that. That's another advantage. You know where teams... um, I'm sorry to interrupt, but where teams have this... Sometimes we, we macro build things. Yeah. Uh, right, we overbuild things. Right. Whereas the smaller you make the services, and if each service has a MVP associated with it, mm-hmm. so there's version one, two, three, four. Yeah, that that creates this sort of just enough, just in time. Yeah, development flow, doesn't it? Have yeah. you noticed that? Yeah, and 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 we've had to work to get a lot better at that because we were, we said it, but we didn't really walk the walk and right. then we've had lessons learned and we overbuilt things like oh man that was really a mistake so now as new services come up and this last one that i talked about in the demo was really good where we defined this is what we want it to be this is a vision of what the service can be but here's version one yeah because this solves the problem the product owners are coming to us with so that's the more that, that from a from a pure agile coaching point of view that's interesting to me is, mm-hmm. is sort of this reminding the team to keep it keep things simple right keep you know the like sort of micro so I would call micro services from an architecture perspective but micro MVPs mm-hmm. from a what scope point of view that's, right. that's interesting to me yeah. from a product owner point of view yeah now now the challenge is the opposite problem where people hear oh we have a file service so they assume it does these things yeah, yeah, and they yeah. start treating them as Lego blocks and not knowing that their MVP and trying to stick them together and yeah. not seeing the backlog. So that's a lot of education that we're having to work through is making sure folks understand that we're on version X of this service. Yeah, I could and see that. And if you need yeah. that, then yeah. we've got to get here, and that's an investment. Yeah. So, yeah. like, we could have built out all the way to version 4, but it didn't add any value for but our it's customers still on a But those are still micro, they're still smaller discussions than yeah. I have this huge app and it, does, it doesn't do a billion things. Right. Now you're, you're still taking that microservice view to just this, the discussions are, are sort of micro discussions mm-hmm. as well, right? Micro version one to version three investments and trade-offs. Right. Okay. I think that would be an advantage. The smaller, not, I don't want to go to, to line of code, but the smaller we can have those discussions, the, there's business trade-offs, there's effort trade-offs yeah. associated with that. Cool. I'm starting to, see, I, I'm understanding a little bit. Yeah, and, and and again, if you have a service-oriented architecture background, you'll say, well, that sounds like everything yeah. service-oriented yeah. architecture is about. But it's really chopping those up into finer yeah. grain pieces. Yeah. And again, you can get really fine grain, like Atlassian did with what we call a security service, they actually had, I think I wrote down on my notes, like seven services that support that. Yep. And that was an eye-opener for me. Like, are, are we not doing it as well as we could? So we've come back and had a lot of discussions about what's the right granularity for That's us. what I would think. Yeah. I would think. I, I don't think there's any, I, I think there's a, a granularity that yeah. works for the organization, right? Yeah. Okay. Because, again, to, to do that well, your continuous integration and deployment has to be rock solid. You can't do microservices without any of that. Right. That's that's just you're going to fail and it's going to hurt and it's going to be messy. Okay. So you have to start with that in mind and be able to scale that because if you think of them with 300 
there's no way they would have gotten a 300 if they didn't have the the um, continuous X, that's what we call it, to support all of that. So I have a service. I have a, I have a login service that has some security problems in it, and it's used by five apps or something like that. And I have a bug in it, and it's really only inflaming this one app. I mean, what do I do with this? So do I release? I'm, I'm just thinking of, uh, it's it's sort of a stupid question, but do I have to? So I would have to release that service, mm-hmm. right? Uh, do I have to release it across those five apps, or can I isolate it to that one app? Or it, Well, so it depends on how you deploy it. For, for us, it's an API. And as long as the signature of the call doesn't change, then you just deploy that single service, and they all consume it. So it depends on your deployment approach and how you do that. From but 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 from our perspective, we try and put as much in the API layer as possible. So all of those are little APIs that stand up and describe themselves. So that so that. So way answer can, my question. I have five, uh, and I'm being. I'm, yep. I know it's a stupid so question. You, I have five <clears throat> customer-facing apps. They all share this service. Mm-hmm. There's a bug that was only surfacing and affecting one. Uh, application. Uh, I've, I've deployed the service with a fixed bug. Do the other the other four would see that would affect the other? Depends four. on your system. If you're a software as a service, then yes, it would consume it. If you're uh, if you're a physically deployed Windows app, I'm a software. I'm, yeah. yeah, but software yeah. as a service, yes. I would now have deployed that across those other four. You and would I could have deployed it, and they would be consumed because they don't they don't know. Right. They just know, hey, it, it, it's the next version, and the signatures match up, and I'm authorized to call that, essentially. So I just keep calling it. And hey, yeah. now things are fixed, and I don't have to worry about it. Okay. But I could have side effects from a testing point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I would That's just- where I think Atlassian's approach of defining the dependencies that they have would enable you to automate that and right. be able to find out who was dependent on me. You'd, you'd have, yeah. yeah, you'd have to And do then that. run the spider set of yeah, tests. Yeah, right? yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, yeah. cool. Anything else? How are we doing on time? Um, how, how is this Metacast? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think you talked more in this Metacast than in any other Metacast we've ever done. I expect done. our listeners to like quadruple just because of that. I Quadruple? I think they'll become microservices and they'll sort of... They'll be calling other listeners. It'll be a flock of listeners. Yeah, it'll be like a spider. What did you? Yeah. What was your terminology? A spider's web of, of calls. We we will blossom, right? Will you? So, no, I I I'm better informed. And this is actually going to help me. I think next week I'm going to a client mm-hmm. in um, in California mm-hmm. that I'm. They didn't say it, but I, I would be amazed if they weren't doing some microservices work yeah. and continuous deployment work. So thank you, Josh. Yeah, you bet. Any other, anything else? Did we cover it? I think we got it. You feeling good? Sure, pretty good. All right, Metacasters. Because if you ask me any more questions, I'm not sure how to answer them. So Metacasters, we're at the threshold of. This was Josh Anderson today. It was his show. <laughs> he had the ba- the baton. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. So you want to wrap <clears> it up? Sure. So if you want to know how to get a hold of us, if you got a hold of us, I'm, I'm doing Josh's line. Mm-hmm. Do, do Repeat that. So repeat that. Uh, however you found us, uh, find us again. Uh, share us with your friends. Share, yeah, I would agree with that. Share Josh. 
Okay. Don't in a micro way. So breaking them up into <laughs> now, I'm thinking Josh Anders and microservices. <laughs> what does that look like? I've got three kids, so that's about it. Ah, yes, they yeah. could each be. So uh, find us the way you have. Share yeah. us with your friends. We love feedback. Uh, vote on us. How to uh, vote? Not vote. Rate. Rate. Yes. I, I know I'm old. I'm old. Uh, it's yeah, just it's the okay. way it is. I know. So rate us <clears throat> wherever you found us. Please yeah. send us feedback. Send us requests. Special requests. Uh, we just celebrated in the last uh, our six year uh, anniversary, mm-hmm. so we're we're moving forward into our sixth year, and uh, this is this is exciting for us. So your feedback is welcome, absolutely. So from beautiful downtown, somewhere in Cary, North Cary, North Carolina. Carolina. We're small; it's a small town. So beautiful downtown Cary. <laughs> sure. You're Josh Anderson, and you're Bob Galen. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all. <laughs>